0: It takes more than great code to be a great software engineer. Welcome to Soft Skills Engineering. It is episode 31, and I am your host, Jameson Dance.
1: I'm your other host, Dave Smith.
0: And we are so glad to be here on this drive-time commute. Um,
1: <laughs> Morning time, drive-time commute.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I don't have any witty banner. I just want to read the question. Is that okay? Sounds good. Okay. This is from a listener named Matt Wondra. Should I go into management? Uh, There's a lot of detail here, but basically, um, Matt has been uh, at the same job for a while and is feeling kind of a little bit stagnant, and there's an opportunity to move into engineering management. He's wondering if he should do that or not.
1: That's right. I I should mention that this question is only five words, but it could really shape the rest of your life, you know?
0: No pressure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should probably start this one out with... (laughs) as usual you should probably not listen to us
0: (laughs) yeah um and and if you go into it and you don't like it then quit your job and get a different one that's right the the two things we always say (laughs) so i've actually gone into management twice because the first time i did it i really didn't like it (laughs) then i un, un went into management
1: oh so maybe <laughs> actually,
0: maybe that's a way to lower the stakes because I've heard that from several other yeah, people that yeah. some people kind of dip into it and some people don't like it. And then they, they dip back out and it doesn't torpedo their career or anything.
1: That's right. I'm actually doing that right now. My, you are dipping out. <laughs> I am dipping out having dipped in for two years. I loved it by the way. It was wonderful and a lot of new challenges, but I am now dipping out and I was really worried about that. I was really worried. I'd never be able to get back in the quote game, you know, as a developer.
0: Oh, really? Like you, you wouldn't be able to get a job just writing code again?
1: Yeah, like I would be all soft skills. Yeah, <laughs> no, no hard skills. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. starting a podcast called Soft Skills Engineering probably didn't <laughs> help with that fear. <laughs> Why don't I focus more on this? <laughs> um, yeah, so so no, no biggie.
1: Yeah, you can get out again. Um, yeah. Maybe not at the same company, but you can definitely get out
0: do you feel like you you had to leave to get out
1: uh good question i so first of all i wasn't looking to get out of management but yeah i think it would be hard for a company and my company too to let you say okay i'm no longer going to be a manager because i didn't just go into management i actually went into leading the entire engineering department at my company Mm -hmm. and you know that comes with uh, certain benefits, financial and otherwise, and you probably have to let some of that go. And in my experience, it's hard for a company to say, or actually, it's hard for not a company, it's hard for an employee to say, I want a big old pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or even a yeah. little pay cut for that matter. So, yeah, okay. I, I think it is hard. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do it except for like small jumps, like say from team lead, which isn't to, really, man- which in my yeah, opinion is yeah. not management. But like from team lead to individual contributor, no problem. But from like director to individual contributor, that I haven't seen work out.
0: So you said you don't consider team lead to be management. Why not?
1: Yeah. So in my mind, management means that you do two things that sets you apart from other leadership responsibilities. One is you manage people's salaries and the other is you have firing authority. Um, like you would have to actually sit down in the room and do the firing if it came to that. And like, to me, that's what distinguishes management from leadership, which are in my mind, totally orthogonal things. Not totally. Hmm. They, they may have some overlap in the Venn diagram, so not orthogonal, but they're different.
0: Okay. That's, that's interesting.
1: I was gonna say, not all companies agree with me on that, but
0: yeah, yeah. Then I, I, if that's your definition, I've probably only done management, that kind of management once, um, yeah. I, I feel like my definition is a little bit broader. It's more like, is your primary responsibility the productivity of your team or your own productivity? Mm. Because uh, e- even some team leads, it's more like, make sure the team doesn't die. You still got to get your stuff done.
1: Right, like it's in addition to your regular duties.
0: Yeah, yeah, but some it's it's definitely like you can contribute some engineering time, but your your main job is to make sure the team is working well. And that feels like... You could yeah. even you could even have two team leads and and one of them is more on that line than the other at different yeah. companies or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that.
0: But anyways, there even though our definitions might differ a little bit, I feel like there's there's some idea of management yeah. and you can tell like this thing is definitely not management if you're just kind of a senior developer writing code. Yeah. Exactly. So should you leave that thing and do the other thing? <laughs> oh,
1: And that, that is such a hard question for so many people. Now, when I decided to go into management, it had been, I was in my 12th year of software development. And I honestly was getting a little bit bored. It was kind of like, oh, this, like, okay, pull a ticket from the ticket tracker, do the ticket, you know, write the code, push the code, test the code. And it was like, same thing every day. And, and it's like, oh, a new framework, new programming language. Like I'm on my like eighth programming language now. You know, it's just like, it's yep. it, it started to get a little bit less exciting, and that that's actually what um, our listener here Matt has said in his comments. He's, he's starting to get a little bit, a little bit tired of that. So that's definitely the first sign, I think, that you might want to change roles.
0: And it definitely <laughs> is exciting.
1: <laughs> what is you you Man, will it? not
0: be bored. Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I was actually, before the show, I was making a list of all the things that I wanted to ask anyone who's thinking about going into management and all these air quotes, exciting things <laughs> that have happened yeah. to me over the last two years. Like you show up for work, you know, bright Monday morning, the sun's out shining and someone comes into your office and says, I'm quitting. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. The, the, the more, the, the broader the scope of your responsibility, the weirder the problems you deal with get. <laughs> like, yeah you you might have to care that like someone is getting divorced now and figure out how to deal mm-hmm. with that in help help that teammate through it yep. while yep. they still work or something I don't know you just get you get stuff you didn't know existed yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and it's not it's not that you knew it existed and didn't have to deal with it before usually you don't even know it existed in yep. my experience and now yeah. you have to carry that burden and so if you don't mind, like, sitting down with someone and saying, like, okay, how are we going to work out your work schedule as you make your way through this divorce, and you can you can do that, then management might be for you. But if that is just, like, absolutely terrifying to you, <laughs> management might not be the right, <laughs> the right thing.
0: Well, I mean, that's probably not, hopefully not an everyday <laughs> occurrence. No, no, no. These,
1: these things happen, like, yeah. I mean, the divorce thing, that's like a once-a-year kind of thing in my experience.
0: Yeah. I, I guess one underlying thing is, do you love working with people because that's mm-hmm. now your job <laughs> if you're in management and if you don't you could probably still be good at it um but you might not be happy doing it
1: yeah yep yeah and what do you mean when you say like love working with people because you work with people to to build products out of software right but what you, mean? you what do you mean in this context? do
0: but the relationships can be more transactional where you say like hey designer person work with me to figure out this feature. And then you do that and then you go back and you build it. And, and it's a lot more talking with people to accomplish your specific tasks that you have. And the focus is still on those tasks. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But with management, the focus is, is literally the people okay. like you sit in your chair and you think, how is this person doing today? And are they happy? Are they quitting? Are they, right. are they productive? Are they, right. are they getting lost in their tasks?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good distinction where the focus is, is less on the tasks that are being performed and more on the people that are performing them, you know? And like, are you okay sitting down with someone and saying, hey, I don't think you're performing at your potential? Yeah. You know? And then having a conversation about that with them, you know, that's something you'll have to do in management. And if you don't, if you aren't willing to do that and you avoid it as a manager, it can really hurt your team. So like you just have to be willing to do that.
0: Sure. Uh, another thing is you in some ways you're more responsible for the deliverables if you have deadlines or features or product things you need to get out, mm-hmm. but you have way less actual control over them. Right. Because y- right. you can't just sit down and code twice as much to to get your stuff done because the if if you're an air quotes manager, mm-hmm. usually the scope of work is is so big that you can't just like power through it yourself by working extra hard like you have to right. <laughs> you have to work through your team to get stuff done and it's very uh, it's it's a very indirect way of getting things done if you're used yeah. to just like i mean that's that's like one of the developer superpowers right you can just do things mm-hmm. and you see a thing you don't like and you go change it you just write some code that makes it better or you have an idea for a feature and you can just go do it and to some extent you can't really do that anymore in management you have to influence other people
1: you can try but you'll be really annoying
0: hey yeah exactly get over there and (laughs) code that feature up really fast (laughs) hey i had this idea and you should all do it like
1: no it's actually a really it's a really vulnerable position to be in because you've got all the responsibility to deliver and yet none of the direct influence to make the delivery happen so it's like and it's also really squishy and amorphous and like people will ask you you know how is it being a manager and you're like i don't know and like he's like how are you doing are you doing well like i don't know
0: <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah we so we have talked kind of a little bit about like oh whoa whoa is us management so hard it's this great burden <laughs> i mean there's some people do it because there are some good things about it too right like it's not like i don't know this the this horrible mark on you that like you suddenly show up with like a black spot on your face and now you're the manager and everyone shuns you yeah like why why would you want to go into it
1: uh uh, maybe i'm catching
0: you at the wrong time because you're at the tail end
1: uh i mean so you'll have a lot more visibility into like the overall organization, interpersonal relationships, things like how are we doing financially, um, you know, the the big picture goals the company is working to. And sometimes these are things you don't really ha- see as an individual contributor.
0: Not even because they're secret, just because they don't affect your day to day as much.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I will say at most places, managers are paid more. And there is yeah. some amount of prestige that comes with it. Um, those, I think, are not the best motivations to get into <laughs> it, but there have certainly been plenty of good managers that are pretty motivated by <laughs> money and prestige. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can make you do bad things too, but I don't know. <laughs> that That's a thing.
1: I'll say that the, from my experience, the additional money that comes from being a manager um, didn't really compensate for the additional responsibility and challenge <laughs> like it's it's just it's just difficult on a whole new level um but yeah it, it, that was actually one of the reasons i went into it was because i knew that it would be challenging in a new way and that has absolutely been true i mean as a developer i was getting kind of repetitive like oh another one of these kind of bugs or another one of these kind of features yeah. but as a manager it was like oh never dealt with this before you know yeah. this is interesting yeah you know? So that's actually another reason that some people might want to go into management.
0: We talked earlier about the, the the role of kind of people and, and enjoying working with people. And if you do, it can be incredibly satisfying to help someone through a difficult problem at work or to help your team through a difficult time uh, in a way that is, is very different from something that's like an impressive technical solution. Um, I think you can, I wouldn't necessarily say that the scope of what you can accomplish is always more broad, but, uh, you can, you can feel like you're doing great things as a manager in a way that's very different from doing great things technically. And that can be incredibly satisfying.
1: I never really had that experience. Um, Really? Like you never, you
0: didn't have some pet feature that, that you felt like you helped the team deliver and felt proud of.
1: I know I did have that, but for some reason the feeling of accomplishment wasn't as strong as a manager for me, as it was when I was a developer actually writing the code and getting it working. Yeah. I don't know why exactly, but like people have talked to me about that. Like, oh yeah, you can basically take credit for the delivery of the whole team. (laughs) It's like this huge, you know, this huge wave of credit that you get to take, take, but I never really got that.
0: So there's this thing that always happens in football games, American football games, where some quarterbacks, it's like the archetype of the humble quarterback the mm-hmm. game goes well. The quarterback plays well, and they credit their offensive line, who are the big, gigantic people up front that stop them from getting smushed. <laughs> the game goes poorly, and they blame themselves for playing wrong. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like the classic, like all-American hero quarterback that takes all the blame, <laughs> yeah. pushes on all the credit. Um, so maybe I shouldn't. I, I don't want to make it sound like you take all the credit because yeah. I think yeah. I think that's a um, a management style I enjoy working with is people that their their management but they still credit their team for the accomplishments and then if stuff goes wrong you kind of take all the blame that's the bad side of that
1: Mm -hmm. yep
0: but that's that's i don't know you don't want to be like conniving and scheming and (laughs) no climbing the ladder by stepping on your team (laughs) oh gosh pushing them to work long hours (laughs) and i guess that's another danger uh I think the potential for what I would consider to be bad behavior is a lot larger in management and the incentives for it are a lot larger. I mean, if you're a developer, I think it's pretty easy to have your incentives be to do good work. If you're a manager, I think it's much easier to have the incentives push you to do bad things. Not like, even like illegal, but just like short
1: term wins at the expense of long term wins or something.
0: Yeah, like yeah. Or, 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 um, self-serving things. Oh, okay. Okay. You can still do that as a developer, but I think yeah. it's easier to do that as a manager.
1: Huh. Well, maybe.
0: Maybe I'm just more self-serving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, it never occurred to me that I could actually serve myself, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like we've been so vague. How we do you been. know?
1: Uh, you, you can't know until you try it, I think. And, you know, maybe sit down and talk to some people who have gone into management who aren't us and and say like what's it been like what surprised you you know tell me about your day a typical day what happens and see if see if they can say anything that inspires you or that completely terrifies you
0: <laughs> yeah i i will say i said i went into it twice and the first time i had no idea what i was doing and i had no business doing it uh it was basically just we were a startup and no one else wanted to do it mm-hmm. and that's why i did it <laughs> it wasn't because <laughs> i was incredibly qualified um I learned a ton and it was very unsatisfying to me because I feel like I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't doing good work. Whereas Mm, when I was developing, it was pretty easy to, to feel like I was doing good work. Um, the second time I feel like I had a better idea of what performing well in that job would mean. And so I was much more prepared and I actually got more satisfaction out of it. Cool. It was actually a a way smaller team too, which maybe had an effect on it.
1: That is That does make a big difference. Um, when I went into management, I was, I was responsible for about 30 developers and a dozen or so QA people. And that's a lot of people to keep track of. You know, if it's yeah. like five <laughs> to 10, you could do a lot better.
0: Yeah, you can just talk to everybody. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you had this experience. When I was a developer, I felt like I got along well with people and people liked me and trusted me. And as soon as I moved into management, I just was like, terrified that everyone thought I was an idiot and I was doing <laughs> the wrong thing and I don't know I, I worried a lot more about uh, about what people thought about me.
1: Yeah I, I actually have to and it's because we've, I've been in those conversations where people say bad things about their leadership and the management. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's, it's,
0: it's the classic bonding thing. You just gripe about management.
1: <laughs> One of the harsh lessons that I learned after I went into management was that I have to be very careful about the things I say. Because I might say a flippant comment offhand and someone might take it as like gospel, you know? And suddenly, it's like I was just joking around and saying something silly, and some and someone else is like, "Oh no, the company's going out of business, or you know, or something terrible." And so that's one of the things that I've had to learn to be really careful about. Sure. And that goes well, along with what you were saying about you know, worried no one will like you.
0: <laughs> yeah, they'll like you, but yeah. people might still complain about you. That's let fine.
1: Me, let me ask another couple of questions because there's there's things that. This is like rhetorical questions for the listener to, to hear, but, you know, do you get that feeling at the end of a productive day, cranking out code where you're just like, yes, and you go home and you just feel great, energized, you know, if you do, then management might not be for you because you're going to have to give that up um, and you won't be able to get that anymore. And because there's just very little of what you do in a, in a typical management day will give you that kind of feedback in a single day that those will come yeah. over time now.
0: Oh, that's so true. That was, that was another really hard thing. I, I remember explicitly going home and telling my wife, I don't think I did anything.
1: Today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. and then the other thing is there's a, there's a bit more monotonous, uh, stuff that you might have to do, like staff planning, like who's going to be on what team for the next few months and, or like budgeting, budgeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much are we going to spend on our bug tracker this year? You know? And it's like, Oh, yuck. You know? Um, and you'll have to answer questions like, "So and so wants an upgraded computer. Should we give it to them?" Well, if we give it to them, then seven other people will also ask, and you know, you have to you have to go through all that really boring stuff. Um, things like seating charts: who's going to sit in what location in the office? You know, and and so there is a bit of that. Um, but I would say you none just moved to
0: the communal ball pit. It's fine. <laughs> it's the next iteration of the open office model.
1: None of that stuff is actually really important management stuff, even though it has to get done. Like the most important part, I think, is making sure your team trusts you. And that you are there for them and make sure that they are satisfied and able to do their work productively. But that's really, really hard to measure. So if you're comfortable with ambiguity and you don't mind not knowing if you're doing a good job for extended periods of time, (laughs) then management might be for you.
0: (laughs) I like Dave's advice that he said earlier. I think you should try it because you might like it and you might not. And if you don't, it's pretty easy at, at this stage to back out.
1: Yep. So good luck, Matt. Mm -hmm. let us know if you go into management. We'd love to hear about it.
0: All right. Do you want to read our next question?
1: Yes. Uh, Let's see. This one must be anonymous because I didn't write down the name. So if it was you, sorry. (laughs) We didn't write down your name. Uh, Okay. The question is, how do you know if a job is worth applying to? And for a little bit more detail... Uh, This is from someone who's just starting out in the industry with about one year of experience and searching for new jobs. But there's a lot of great teams out there hidden by poorly written job listings that are hard to make sense of. And I don't have time to go interview at all of these different companies to figure out what the company is like. So how do I figure out if a job is worth applying to without spending, you know, 40 hours a week interviewing?
0: To me, this feels like the inverse of the how do you know who to hire problem. Oh, where yeah, you could yeah. just hire people and see. And that's really expensive <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and and scary. So it's worth seeing if there's a lower cost way to identify that. So he mentioned, or he or she, I don't want to assume. This person mentioned that they don't have time to interview. And I think that's really wise because you can get a lot of information interviewing. And it takes a lot of time. <laughs> I was it's, thinking maybe
1: you could like, you could... Maybe you, you might have to subcontract this to keep yourself from getting in trouble, but maybe you could install like listening devices in various companies around your area and just overhear what's going on in the office.
0: This is the second time that install a listening device has come up. <laughs> maybe we're like a deep cover NSA PR <laughs> we're, play. Trying to, we're
1: trying to mainstream listening devices. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's totally fine. Normal. I've got the new <laughs>
0: Apple listening device, so it's very shiny and sleek. <laughs> uh okay you were saying a thing
1: no that's all i was saying it Was good okay listening on. devices install yeah that'd be a good way here. to do it listen in i because mean it, <laughs> that's what you need to know right
0: yeah you need to know what it's really like so what you're saying is job postings you read them they might not reflect reality mm. and even the interview process might not reflect reality i mean usually usually the people doing interviewing are more senior and more experienced and, and talented and hopefully personable. So you might be seeing kind of the best version of the company.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You're definitely seeing the people who the company thinks are the best to interview.
0: Yeah. Or, or if you're not, then that's another sign that (laughs) that's, that's a weird thing. I don't know. I don't know. That seems like a negative sign if they're sending people that they wouldn't consider good representatives of the company to interviews.
1: So in my experience, it is virtually impossible to figure out if a company is a good place to work by reading their website, reading their job descriptions, even using the product. You know, you just can't know. I mean, you, you could be dealing with a development team that turns over every year, but and yet still manages to crank out a pretty decent product. Um which is crazy, but... It's I would a love hard. to know how they do that.
0: <laughs> I would want to go work there just to see how they did it if they turned over every year.
1: Maybe not every year, but the point is, it can be a terrible place to work and still have good signals, you know, from all these different places. Um, so one time, I had a company like that, and I had a friend of mine had worked there years prior and had told me just terrible things about the company. But I wanted to check it out for myself. <laughs> so you Was know, read- this just
0: out of, like, morbid curiosity? <laughs>
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> it actually was. So people may not know this about me, but I am a hobby interviewer. <laughs> Have I told you this already?
0: No, no, I, uh, I didn't know that.
1: I like to go do job interviews <laughs> just because it's fun. Oh, man. Um, and let me just tell you, it works out really well because it's a lot easier to get a job when you don't actually need the job and you're just doing it for fun <laughs> than it is when you actually need to get a job right away.
0: So I've heard this advice from other people. And to me, it sounds like saying, you know what would be fun? Just go to the dentist and get your teeth drilled (laughs) just to like keep up practice at it. So when you actually go to the dentist, you're not so stressed out and worried.
1: It's a a fake drill. I mean, it's really drilling. Well, the pain is real because it's got
0: like little poker shock things on it. But
1: (laughs) Well, it's been fun. So I did this with this one company. I'm like, hey, you know, it's about time for me to go do another round of interviewing and maybe I'll go (laughs) check out this company. Well, sure enough, I realized like they were not a great company i could tell by there were a lot of hints during the interview process but it took hours to figure that out and i couldn't really find any other way to determine that it was not a good place for me to work so i think sometimes it just comes right down to you can't tell
0: but you said your friend worked there and your friend said it wasn't a good place why didn't you just believe your friend
1: i just wanted to know for myself (laughs) i don't know
0: okay because i think there's a kernel of of helpful advice in there that just like the best referrals often come from people, you know, the best anti referrals can come from people, you know, Mm -hmm. too. Um, so there's actually a really good blog post by a guy named Dan Liu. Um, I think he works at Microsoft. He writes amazing blog posts and it's about, um, kind of hiring and, and interviewing and that type of thing. And he said he just went around a conference one day and ask people, um, do you know of a company that isn't like highly dysfunctional? <laughs> and everyone's basically everyone said no. Every place I've <laughs> ever worked has been really dysfunctional. And then he asked, do you know of any teams that are that are awesome? And people were a lot more likely su- to suggest good teams than mm-hmm. um, good companies overall. Interesting. So you might want to try and find a good team inside of a company, and that usually involves some combination of a good manager good teammates like good mission good product people uh and that might be an easier task than just finding a company that is altogether good because every company is broken and horrible basically
1: that is fascinating that is and and so true i think and the bigger the company the more likely that is to be the case I don't mean, I don't mean dysfunctional, although that's also probably true. (laughs) What I I meant to say was the bigger the company, the more likely it is that there's going to be good teams in that company and bad teams. Yeah. So another, another good resource that I like to use is a website called Glassdoor. Have you ever used this one, Jameson?
0: I have actually. Yeah. So I actually went through kind of a job search several months ago when I quit. Um, And the end result was I didn't get a job anywhere, but, but I did peruse Glassdoor a lot. It was interesting.
1: You'll find uh, <laughs> this is funny, but you'll find people writing anonymous reviews of the company. But what's hilarious is that in my experience, I can always tell who they are if I work at that company. <laughs> 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 and yet, people still write them, which is just great. And they'll tell you things about the company, what's good about it, what's bad about it, and um, it'll give you, it'll start to give you some hints. Although I think a lot of inter- en- engineers don't fill that stuff out. I see a lot more of that from like sales and marketing and other. Other roles but you'll sometimes get a little gem. a gem
0: yeah yeah but again i think if you if you can find a person that you know there yeah, yeah. that's the best way because Definitely. they'll give you the real dirt the-,
1: the other thing you can do is if you're considering a company uh, on your list you can ask or try to get in touch with someone there if you don't ha- if you don't know anyone try to get in touch with someone there, like maybe the the hiring manager, or at least the recruiter who posted the job posting and see if you can get a phone call with somebody. And a lot of times that will be part of the hiring process. Anyway, you'll have a phone screen and make sure you take advantage of that time to ask questions like, what process do you follow? You know, tell me about um, how you do deployments. Tell me, you know, just anything you can think of that will reveal dysfunction. And in person on the phone is a great way to do that.
0: Another wrinkle to this is it's it, some of it depends on what you like. I mean, there are some things that are absolutely good or bad, but a lot of it is is more a fit with the person. Yeah. Again, man, mm-hmm. I'm not that big of a football fan but football analogies keep coming to my mind. They work so everywhere. <laughs> there's this thing that happens all the time where some player plays on a team, does poorly to mediocre, gets traded or kind of dumped off to another team and all of a sudden is just like crushing it somehow um and it's it's not necessarily that the player has changed that much it's that the system around them or the people Mm. they play with has have changed and i wish that was a thing we thought about more in software where there are environments that are better suited to some people or other people and and we kind of tend to think of like rock stars or high performers as people you just drop in somewhere and they always do amazingly well mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of what kind of environment will help me perform well. So if if, if you can do some introspection and identify that, that feels uh, like a valuable thing instead of just saying like, what's the best company?
1: So speaking of environments, I think that most people perform best in a ball pit. So
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. To bring it back, whole circle. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's the one question you should ask if you manage to get a phone call. Is, do you have a developer ball pit?
0: I think it it actually reflects more certainty and power if you say, like, what brand of, of <laughs> plastic balls do you have in your ball pit? Because then you just show, like, that's the bare minimum. <laughs> I assume you have a ball pit. Is it high quality enough to entice me there?
1: <laughs> Such a good idea.
0: All Dave, right. Well... Really quick before we finish up, do you have like a dream job? I mean, I, I you're just starting a new job. So maybe you have to say the one you're about to start. <laughs> yeah. But have you taken time to think like, what is the perfect job for me?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think about that a lot because I'm I'm actually very impatient with bad jobs. I will tend to just bail out if I don't like it. Huh. Um, and so I don't even know if I have the words to describe it, but I always know it when I'm in it. Okay. And, and sometimes a dream job can turn into not a dream job over time just because you change.
0: But but you do have some idea of like, this yeah. is the stuff that I that I want. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I don't mm. think I even do.
1: Oh, I, be, I bet you do. But most of it is like platitudes. Like, yeah. uh, I want to feel empowered. Yeah. I want to make an impact. I want to be surrounded by smart, fun people who are nice. I know? want a ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So here's what you do. You call up the company and say, hey, if I come join your developer team, will I be empowered? Will I have high impact? Yeah, yeah. Make <laughs> sure you like, ask a yes. lot of
0: questions that the default answer is always yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll get you'll get really good responses.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: All right. I think with that, the summary is it's really hard to tell, but go for the ball pit as a baseline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's hard to tell. Find some point of contact that isn't, the recruiter or job posting or something. Even Mm -hmm. if you just like cold call people Mm -hmm. uh, or or cold email people, if it's a famous company, it's easy to find people that work there and you can just bug them and say, Hey, what's it like?
1: Yep. There you go. Question Question answered. answered. All right. Uh, Did you want to make an announcement?
0: Oh yeah. I'm the worst at announcements. So (laughs) I'm actually uh, working on another podcast. It's kind of more story driven and I'm working on an episode about boot camps so if you have attended a boot camp or you know someone that attended a boot camp, especially if um, you have uh, an experience where you you kind of feel like you didn't succeed in the boot camp, I would love to hear from you. Um, if you could kind of write up a summary of it and email it to me, that'd, that'd probably be the best way. Uh, just email it to h i H-I at jameson.dance. But
1: you need to be very clear. If they had a ball pit at the boot camp, that's those stories are going to go right to the top.
0: They will go right to the top. Is there, I don't even know, is there like an arms race in perks for boot camps just like there is (laughs) in jobs? That's
1: a good question.
0: That would be fascinating. Okay, (laughs) but but yeah, I'm I'm working on a story. It'll, I have no promises about when it will go live, but I would love to hear from you.
1: All right. Well, with that, where can people go to find out more about our show, Jameson?
0: They can go to softskills.audio. That is our website. It has words on it. It has sounds on it. The sounds of us talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also follow us on Twitter at softskillseng. That is where we collect questions. So if you tweet at us or send us a direct, mes- a direct message, then we'll put it in the queue. Uh, and, and then we will answer it at some point.
1: And that's right. And thank you very much for joining us once again.